Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sapphire Wire podcast. I'm Lisa Johnston. And I'm Kyle Johnston. And today we're going to be talking about the aftermath of Strippergate, including some new polls that were just out today, as well as the court decision on the ballot for the U.S. Senate race, and a new ad for the 3rd Congressional District featuring Kevin Yoder's famous skinny dipping. So let's start with the poll results in the governor's race. Uh, The poll that came out showed pretty much no change, I would say, over the most recent polls. Davis was up four points, although on this poll that was within the margin of error. It hadn't been in some of the other polls, so that was interesting. So uh, I guess Strippergate either didn't do much or people weren't paying attention, or as I said earlier tonight, maybe uh, the number of people who are pro-strip club and the number of people who are strongly anti-strip club are exactly equivalent, so the poll didn't really change, so that was interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of people were waiting to see if that incident and the news it made uh, over the past week or so was going to have an impact on the numbers. And so far it hasn't, although the uh, uh, some Republican organization, I can't remember if it's the state party or national level organization, has produced an ad that will probably start running like over the next couple of weeks and we'll see if that might have an impact because... Uh, even though Davis is up by four points, they're still uh, uh, 6% undecided. And when you look at his favorables and uh, unfavorables, um, it, it leans in his favor, but then there's about 34% of people within that who say they've never even heard of him. So, Right, I just as the, many who consider him either favorable or unfavorable. It's like a full third is like... I'm not really sure who this guy is. So, I mean, obviously a lot of people know who Brownback is. They're really not happy with the way he's, the direction he's taking the state in terms of his financial decisions and his actions in education. Uh, So there's a lot of people unhappy with him. And so I think Davis has that ground to gain there. But I think, you know, it's, it, right now it feels like it's his race to lose. We'll see how that changes. Well, I think that's too strong. Now, going back to what you're saying about the, the people who don't have an opinion or don't know who he is, he has really benefited from getting the not brown back vote. Yeah, it's definitely. just people who have a lot of animus about the direction Brownback has taken the state and his problematic policies. And so, you know, it's not that they are in love with him especially or know a lot about him. It's just like he's not Brownback, so he's sure. you know gotten some traction from that. But I wouldn't say just because you have some recent polls where you're up but still within the margin of error that it's, quote, yours to lose. <laughs> that That's a little strong for sure. And in fact, you know, I'm a little bit worried that people are making a little bit too much of a four-point lead in a poll because turnout is notoriously horrible. For Democrats in sure. these midterm elections. And when I ran in 2010, I remember looking at the vote totals afterwards and comparing it to the presidential year and being so upset at the reduced number of people because it could have totally changed sure. all the races if the people who normally vote in the presidential years had voted in 2010, which is also a gubernatorial year. So I actually worry that people are going to think exactly what you said, and they're going to be like, oh, he's got it, and it'll make people lazy, and they won't turn out. Yeah, that's a good possibility. 
So, you know, it's it's a concern. So it would almost be better if the polls were like dead even because then everyone who was motivated would try to turn out. I think that lead, unfortunately, might create a little bit of a false impression for some people because it's not even outside of the margin of error in this poll and might make people lazy. I hope not. Well, um, it could be a motivator for people too. So, you know, you got to get out and vote and because this isn't a sure thing. So that, that could be a message they use in the voter turnout efforts. I know, but the party is not saying, hey, we don't got this, you know, make sure you turn out. Oh, yeah. They're like waving the banner around, <laughs> Davis is way ahead. And I understand why they want to do that. Uh, but at the same time, there's a balance there. You have to, you know, tout your victories, but not get people too comfortable and complacent. While we're still on the governor's race, I do want to briefly mention, uh, you know, there was the whole Strippergate thing, and then the response, if you want to call it that, was the Hensley press release talking about how Governor Brownback had decided to initiate a program where Kansas would sell porn. Yeah, that was another um, news story from last week that made uh, national news that got picked up by some uh, major news organizations and that was even uh, mentioned on John Oliver's show on HBO. He did a pretty funny segment on it. Yeah, I was actually really disappointed in this. Don't get me wrong, I want oppo. I want pointed attacks. I want them to come back at him because that needs to happen. But we can't do it in a way that undermines our credibility as a party. And I felt like that did because reading the press release, I thought, wow, Brownback has created this new website specifically to sell porn (laughs) is how it read. And then when I looked into the details, what I found out was the Department of Revenue was just engaging in standard operating procedure. And coincidentally, it was this guy who had adult stores who hadn't been paying his taxes. And then the other way they tried to spin that was like, we're so broke, they've got to sell this guy's porn. (laughs) Well, it wouldn't have mattered, you know, if we were broke or not, or if the guy sold books or cars or widgets or whatever it was. If somebody is not paying their taxes they're going to take their stuff and sell it regardless yeah. of whether the state is broke or regardless of what the merchandise is so yeah, it could have just as easily been a christian bookstore or something like that <laughs> right and they would have preferred that i'm quite <laughs> sure because <laughs> this has given the dims a little angle but it's so disappointing because it seems like hyperbole and i think it it diminishes our credibility as a party when like it's spun in such a way as to suggest that they specifically wanted to sell porn and that wasn't exactly what happened. And I don't know if you can attack Brownback for the Department of Revenue engaging in standard operating procedure. I think that one kind of falls flat personally. Yeah, it definitely didn't seem to stick as well as the Strippergate story did for Davis. No, not at all. Okay. Turning to the U.S. Senate race, the court decision finally came out today. Boy, did they take their time with that. And they found that they did not feel they would need to order the Kansas Democratic Party to put a candidate on the ballot. And what a break for Orman (laughs) that is. Yeah, so I guess that's kind of good news for Democrats in a way. uh, the, the state party put out a press release today or, or, or put out a statement, basically. I don't think it was a press release, but basically 
a statement uh, saying how they uh, didn't play any part in uh, any of these goings on and didn't take any action because the courts weren't telling them to. So they were just kind of uh, waiting for the courts to direct them uh, to select a candidate rather than taking Kobach's direction. So they kind of took a hands-off approach and I think they seem relieved to not have to name a replacement candidate. Well, sure, because they're trying to put all the emphasis behind Orman, yeah. you know, covertly. Yeah. But I was a little bit disappointed in in that it was obvious at the time. I mean, Claire McCaskill said publicly she met with Chad Taylor, and today they were trying to make it out like, oh, this was totally Chad Taylor's independent decision. Yeah, I think they even said that they were surprised when he decided to withdraw from the race. That doesn't ring true. I'm sorry. <laughs> Especially when Claire McCaskill goes on national television and said she like sought him out and had a conversation with him. <laughs> it's pretty clear, you know, I don't know that anybody from the KDP was specifically involved. I'm quite sure they knew there were conversations going on, even if it was all national party pressure. Yeah, I would expect the same. So in the poll, the same poll that just came out, Orman is up five percentage points, which is uh, slightly more than Davis was ahead of Brownback. But this poll is interesting because there's far more undecideds. There's yeah, 11%. Yeah, 11% undecided in this one. Yeah. So, you know, he he has a margin here, but, you know, October is going to be the key time. This is when we're going to see so many political ads. We're going to be sick of them and we'll wish we'll never see a political <laughs> ad again because... It, Every newscast will be nothing but political ads, I'm sure, on the commercial breaks from now until November 4th. Yeah, and the, uh, well, it'll be interesting, too, to see how that 11%, where that goes to which candidate. Um, so there's a, a libertarian candidate as well, Batson, who I saw his name pop up for the first time uh, this week in, as part of this poll. And so I would expect some percentage of the voters would go to him and that would be in favor to Orman because typically, you know, libertarians would, you would think they'd either go for a Republican candidate uh, over kind of this independent slash kind of democratic candidate. Yeah, that remains to be seen given he's an independent. That's kind of a, a weird a weird mix. I mean, you're probably right, but I don't, I think he's going to be a non-variable. I mean, in the poll, he had, I think, less than 1%. Yeah. So, I mean, unless there's some surge of support for libertarians. Well, they usually capture, though, you know, some percentage of the vote. I mean, oh, yeah. It's well, going to Keen, be, you know, 5% Keenum Bear, the gubernatorial candidate, he has 6%. Yeah. So, you know, he's got a little bit of traction. Yeah. So that gives them, you know, five or six points to play with. And so... Uh, October is going to be a very interesting month. I mean, there's going to be, like you said, there's going to be a lot of advertising. Um, the fact that both Roberts and Brownback are down in the polls, and they have been consistently for the past number of weeks, means you're going to start to see national-level money being poured into Kansas, which has traditionally been seen as a, as a safely red state. So oh, yeah. this is a, a very unusual year and a very kind of fascinating uh, set of races to watch. And it will get as nasty as it possibly oh, yeah. <laughs> can. They are going to fight and scratch and claw and yeah. do anything they can to try to make up that margin. And, you know, of course, Roberts has had his famous persons tour going on here <laughs> where he's had this scattergun approach where let me bring in any national Republican who is notable to Kansas. And I, I actually think he's kind of missing the mark 
there because my belief is that he is in trouble with the same Republicans Brownback is in trouble with, oh, which yeah, is largely definitely. the sensible moderates. Yeah. And so a figure like Sarah Palin probably isn't yeah. going to get him much. Now, on the other hand, you know, some of the others might get him a little more traction. He had some fairly famous moderate people like, of course, Bob Dole is yeah, well respected. Exactly. And so those those uh, Republicans who um, earlier this year, I think there were about 100 of them who endorsed Davis, really because they're so unhappy with Brownback, I think those are the people that would be uh, probably, you know, respond favorably to people like Bob Dole campaigning for Roberts, but are going to probably, you know, turn their noses up at, at somebody like Sarah Palin, who's kind of more on that extreme Tea Party side of the ticket. Right, right, exactly. So that that will be interesting to see how that all plays out. Oh, and speaking of the endorsements, did you see that Brownback actually got uh, a group of Wyandotte County Democrats to endorse him. That was uh, weird. I think a group of two or three. So. Yeah, it was a small group. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a little fishy and, and probably didn't have much credibility. Well, he had some personal relationships with a few yeah. people that, you know, n- not everybody feels are, you know, a, a true, complete example of a Democrat in Kansas. So uh, that seemed a little weird, but I, I did remember seeing that. Now, Orman, I think he's he's improved somewhat on some levels. I noticed uh, his speaking style in formal interviews and his newest commercials. It seemed like, I don't know if someone pointed that out to him, that he has that nasality yeah. in his voice. But in formal interviews and on the, commer- the latest commercial, it seemed like it was reduced. But when he's talking more informally off the cuff and someone's just taping him, he still is extremely nasal, and I think he has more work to do on that front. And speaking of off-the-cuff video, he <laughs> was filmed at, I believe it was a parade or some kind of festival. Mm-hmm. He was a parade. Yeah, and he was sort of just walking along, shaking people's hands, and there was a gentleman in the crowd who asked him, uh, well, what are you going to do about Obamacare? Are you going to vote against it if it comes up? And he said, well, that's an interesting question, and, and just kept <laughs> kept on moving. He, yeah, he was motivated. He, would, he didn't really slow down at all. He just uh, well, kind of shook the guy's, shook the guy, I don't know if he shook that guy's hand, but he was just I shaking, think he did. shaking hands, and then he almost ran away. Right. So, you know, that goes back to, you know, thinking on your feet and the response style, and he really needs to get into the independent mindset and have some responses ready I think a good way to respond to that would have been to say, well, I'm going to vote for anything that's positive and works for the country and vote against things that aren't, you know. And so that would have been, I think, a good way to deal with the question, not to say, well, that's interesting and (laughs) run away from him. (laughs) But I'm not going to say anything about what you've asked me. So uh, I hope he doesn't continue to do that because I think it's going to be a problem for him if he just doesn't answer anything. And again, like Davis, I think Orman is benefiting from people who are upset at Roberts right now. So yeah. he's getting the the not Roberts yeah, vote. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, and I think kind of going back to that interaction, I think too it was 
it seemed like a plant, so I, I would imagine they're trying to get him oh, to yeah. say, I, oh, yeah, I'd totally support Obamacare so they can use that in an ad in October. So, you know, we saw that after the state fair debate. So I think it was the day after the debate, they had a 60-second uh, uh, online ad ready to go that were using his statements against him. So oh, they're, yeah. they're just looking for any kind of content they can to smear him. Well, that's why he needs to be more prepared with yeah. his statements. And you can't really go wrong with saying... I would vote for what's positive and, and what works, but I would definitely vote against anything that's a problem. I mean, how could anybody take an issue with that? <laughs> I mean, that's a lot better than running away from somebody. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Okay, so this week, uh, Kelly Coltola, who's the Democratic candidate in the 3rd Congressional District, she's running against Kevin Yoder, and she released an ad this week prominently featuring his skinny dip dipping debacle uh although unfortunately this ad is about two years and some months too late because this happened a long time ago but the democrats didn't have a candidate on the ballot in 2012 but uh it was kind of an amusing concept that they had featuring this problem of his and juxtaposing it with you know his record and issues that yeah, so the, the, the setup was good. That's um, obviously, you know, it's it's funny. Um, it was a memorable incident, so I'm sure people still talk about it. And like you said, it's it's a little late, but since we didn't have a, a candidate on the ballot in 2012, you may as well use it this time and, and, and use oh, yeah. that opportunity. So the, the the premise was funny. The the production was pretty good, but I think overall that ad fell flat for me. Yeah, and some of it is, you know, not everybody is ideal to be on camera for long periods of time or to deliver their own messaging while looking at the camera. And, you know, some people are more experienced at that than other people. Some people are more naturals Mm -hmm. at doing that than others. But I think that that commercial might have benefited from either some voiceover or her talking over images rather Mm -hmm. than it just being focused on her at the times that it was. And then the other huge problem that you know I had with it (laughs) was the language. I think some of the Democrats this year have been very, um, let's say, lax in terms of how they're choosing their phrases. Uh, She described... Uh, what Yoder has done to Kansas as shameless, well, what she really should have said is shameful. Yeah, exactly. His behavior would be shameless. Okay, and so then people say, oh, you're nitpicking, you're the grammar police, everybody knows what that means. Okay, but then the cornerstone of the ad, how it ends. The closing statement. Yes, she said that Yoder's record is nothing to blush about. Okay, that phrase means you don't need to be embarrassed. So whoever picked that phrase doesn't know what the phrase meant. So I was I was really disappointed when I watched the ad. I mean, I understood what they were trying to say, mm-hmm. but if you know what the phrase means, you come away kind of shaking your head like, what? What did they just say? I mean, his record is something to blush about. He should be embarrassed by yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And I, uh, on Twitter, had uh, talked about it, and I said that I thought a better ending would be something along the lines of 
that his record gives him far more to blush about than just skinny dipping. Yeah. You know, something like that would have been far better, I think, have more of a an impact and then i also suggested you know saying something like send him home to hide his shame or something which would be a little bit comedic but uh nonetheless uh i was disappointed i mean i'm glad she's got an ad and she'll be running it i'm just not sure uh, how much of an impact it'll have i think the polls at this point are showing all the republicans in the congressional districts pretty safely ahead for yeah, now i haven't seen any polls for these congressional races but uh well, they didn't. It was actually included in this recent okay. poll, the USA Today. They didn't. They didn't name specific candidates, but okay. they just asked, "In your congressional district, are you going to vote Republican or Democrat?" And it was a pretty substantial margin yeah. across the board that yeah. people are going to vote for the Republican candidate now. Yeah, for the most part, it seems like these races have been off the radar. Um, you know, the governor's race and, and the Senate race are really uh, taking over the news cycles. Right, and you know, really, the only reason that the Senate race is getting as much attention as it is is because of all the craziness with the Chad Taylor withdrawal mm-hmm. and Orman being an independent. It's There are so many weird things about it. Normally, a U.S. Senate race in Kansas gets yeah. absolutely no attention. I mean, yeah. uh, take it from me. I know all about that. It's one of the most uh, ignored and neglected races historically <laughs> uh, because people over the years haven't really thought that a Democrat could get much traction in that race. So sadly, it's been ignored. But this year, just because of the weird circumstances, it's gotten a lot of attention. But, you know, they set up the governor's races, the key marquee race Mm -hmm. from the beginning. That was the pinnacle priority as well, I suppose it should be. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, this is going to be the critical time here this last month. Absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see how everything unfolds and what, ads we see and if there are any surprises. I think Davis and Orman clearly both have a shot to win. Absolutely. I wouldn't say they have it in the bag <laughs> or that it's theirs to lose, but uh, they they definitely have some good momentum, but uh, I fully expect that the national Republicans are going to pull out all the stops and sling any dirt they can to try to claw their way Absolutely. back to the top and turn out is key. So people need to not be lazy this election. <laughs> they need to remember they've got to get out and vote. And, and the party, like I said, needs to do a better job of balancing their celebrations yeah. with, you know, also letting people know, hey, it's not totally in the bag because, you know, this is a poll of likely voters and that means you've got to still get out there and cast exactly. the vote. Exactly. Okay, well... That does it for today. Thanks so much to everyone for listening, and we will talk to you later. Talk to you next week.